Welcome to the Rated Rabbi Sports Card Podcast, where sports cards and pop culture meet the 1984 All-Star Game. I am your host, Rabbi David Spinrad, and this is Episode 6, Let's Meet the Visitors, Part 2. But before we start, we've got a little mail to share. This email comes from Mr. John Smith, Hannibal, Missouri. John writes, I love it when a plan comes together and I can see you've had this on your mind for quite some time, right? You are, John. This one's been been percolating around the old melon for a good long time, at least a year. John continues, one thing, in the last episode, you confused the Sparkies and called Sparky Anderson, Sparky Lyle. Sincerely yours, John. Right you are, John. Here at Rabbi Head, <laughs> Raider Rabbi HQ, also known as my lonely basement. Here at Raider Rabbi HQ, I watch tape. You know, I'm working out, drinking protein shakes, watching tape and reviewing the earlier shows to see, you know, what's going right. How can I get better? And I heard myself call Sparky Anderson, Sparky Lyle, like Silly Rabbit. Of course, I know the difference between Sparky Anderson and Sparky Lyle. But let's take a look at a couple of cards. We'll start right here. You know Sparky Anderson. There's some great pictures. Sparky smoked a pipe. Sparky Lyle was a closer. Sparky, a manager. Sparky, a pitcher. All right. George Lee Sparky Anderson has one card as a player, 1959 tops, which I think is super, super duper cool. Sparky manages from 1970 through 1995. Uh, of course, the Reds and the Tigers wins three World Series, two with the Reds, 75, 76, big red machine. And here he will win the 84 World Series with the Detroit Tigers. Can you imagine Sparky getting there? So Sparky, we're considering you for the job. How would you like to manage uh, Pete Rose? Uh, and we have this catcher. I think he might be pretty good. He's kind of Johnny Bench and Dave Concepcion. Is maybe a year away. But this guy, Tony Perez, he's decent. And we're thinking about adding Joe Morgan from Houston. Yeah, easy, easy gig. I know the pressure was great, but it must have been a blast, Sparky. Anyway, Sparky Anderson is a Hall of Famer, three-time World Series, two-time Manager of the Year winner. The other Sparky, Albert Walter Sparky Lyle, pitches 16 years in the bigs for Boston and New York, is the 1977 Cy Young Award winner. He also wrote a really fun sports book called Bronx Zoo about the 77, 78 Yankees. Kind of want to go back and and reread it. It's been a long time since I read that one. All right. Thank you again, John from Hannibal, Missouri. Let me set the scene. It's Candlestick Park, just about five o'clock, Tuesday, July the 10th. And if you know Candlestick weather, afternoons are beautiful there. The sun is out before the wind picks up so picture the scene close your eyes bright sun deep shadows full crowd those red white and blue bunting the whole thing and best of all it's my home ballpark and i'm there i'm at the stick it's super super excited and and 
here come the starters, the American League all-star starters coming out of the dugout. Giants dugouts, they were a little low-tech. Giants dugouts were about little league quality. There was no, you're not even a step. You sat at field level and there was just a little, little overhang. So they basically come out of the shadow. Uh, the first one out of the dugout is their manager, Joe Altabelli. Altabelli gets an interesting uh, recognition from the crowd. And at first I couldn't figure out what it was because he gets a, he gets a, about a, eh, let's say it's a 60-40 or 65-35 cheers to booze. Not all cheers and quite a few booze. I'm like, why is he getting, you know why he gets booze? He is booze because he's the manager of the American League. And back then there was an interleague and, and San Francisco is definitely an NL town playing to win. Like there was, that was actually a thing. People actually rooted for their leagues back then. Let's take a look at a couple of Joe Altabelli cards and I'll tell you what the cheers were for. Joe Altabelli was a successful manager of the San Francisco Giants. Altabelli manages the Giants uh, I believe from 72, 77 to 79. And he has an amazing year with them in 1978. That's the, that's the first year I was a baseball fan. Jack Clark comes on. That's when he like bursts on the scene. He's like just a hitter, Jack the Ripper. But third baseman's Bill Mott Madlock before the Pirates take him away. Daryl Evans is playing for the Giants. Uh, I believe he is more or less the first baseman. He is batting a lineup a bunch. Um, he also escapes, <laughs> makes it to Detroit. Uh, Willie McCovey is a giant 1978. He'll end up with, I believe, 521 home runs. This was the year he hit number 500. But really, 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 we're going to talk about the pitching in a second. But I just want to say two more things about Joe Altabelli. Number one, uh, maybe three things. First thing, walks also into a good scene, takes over for Earl Weaver in 1983 as their manager, gets ripped in Eddie Murray, wins a World Series in the first year as their manager after he took over for Weaver, the same man for whom he would be fired just two short years later. During the season, Altobelli starts hot, gets cold. Orioles fire him and bring back Earl Weaver, who is actually one of the color men in the booth, and we'll get to him in a later episode. All right, we're going to talk a little bit more 1978 Giants here. So off the top, you got to know that the Giants set what is still an MLB record by going an amazing 42 and one in one. No, no, no. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> yeah, don't quit your day job, Rabbi. He goes an amazing 42. They win 42 one run game, spin red. Focus. All right. They win 42 one run games that year. Finish third in the NL West. And they are led by an outstanding pitching staff. Let's take a look. Off the top, you've got Vita Blue, who wins 18 games. He goes 18 and 10. Number two starter is Bob Nepper, who wins 17, loses 11. You've got John the Count Montefusco. Later has a second career as a drag racer. I mean, 
That's a, first of all, great name. John the Count Montefusco is a big league pitcher and then becomes a drag racer. Imagine if that was your dad. That would be pretty cool. Hope he was nice to his kids. Uh, Ed Halicki is the number four starter, and Jim Barr rounds out the rotation. Interesting note on these five, different times, different game. All but Ed Halicki start 30 for the Giants that year, and Halicki started 29. But the real story of the staff is the acquisition of pitcher Vida Blue, acquired March 15th, 1978, mere days before the start of the 1978 season, just from across the bay. He and Charlie O. Finley had been feuding, tried to sell him once, tried to sell him twice. Bowie Coon stepped in, and eventually Finley worked out a deal. Let's run down the players acquired in this March 1978 deal for Vida Blue. Catcher, Gary Alexander. Outfielder, Gary Thomason. Pitcher, Dave Heverlo. Catcher, Alan Worth. Pitcher, John Henry Johnson. Pitcher, Phil Huffman. And $300,000. One, two, three, four, five, six, 300K. And a player to be named later who turned out to be Mario Guerrero. So yes, all seven of these guys definitely had baseball cards. But give me the dollar in a bill over a dollar 20 in nickels. Give me the best player in the trade. What a terrible trade for the A. Seven guys. Seven guys. But you got to be figuring Finley's going to take them and try to turn them into some profits because they were in the pits back then. Oakland was uh, oh, sad days. Anyway, Vida Blue was awesome and super popular with the fans, a community guy. Um, great with signing autographs. I remember uh, he used to have, he used to have instead of his last name in the back of his jersey, he had Vida. And uh, I remember getting autographs and there was this kid going like, Mr. Vida, Mr. Vida. I was with the shark and that happened. All right, let's get on with it. We're here to talk about the 1984 All-Star Game, not the 1978 Giants that will always have a place in my heart. Leading off for the American Leaguers, coming out of the shadows into the bright late afternoon sunlight, Tigers second baseman, Lou Whitaker. Batting second in what would be his 18th and final all-star game from the California Angels, first baseman, Rod Carew. I love Rod Carew. Always, always, always one of my favorite players as a kid. Plays a brand of baseball that I don't know we'll ever see again. Crew, like I said, made 18 straight from 1967 through 1984, retires with a 328 lifetime average, retires with a 393 on base percentage, hit 388 famously in 1977. Oh my God, got more action than my man, John Wu. 
and I got mad hits like I was Rod Carew. <laughs> yeah, ill communication, Beasties, 1994. Sure shot, love Carew. Let's actually not talk about his his wizardry with the bat. Let's actually go somewhere else today. I think his batting has been well chronicled, but what has been chronicled significantly less so is his red headband. Okay, so we're going to do this. We're going to get me out of here. Take me off. You need to see as much of Oh, That's not who you want to see. You want to see that one. All right, there's his 84. I don't know why you would ever have Rod Carew fielding. And his 83 and his 84 are like that. And as a matter of fact, his 77 when he hits 388 is like that. So check it out. There's his 84. Right, Part of the master set I'm building. I'm getting real close. His 1980, I believe the condition is best defined as well-loved. I went to Camp Mendocino that year. I took all of my all-star cards with me. Um, probably wrapped, put in a rubber band. You see the rubber band marks? Can't really tell from here. Rather than rubber and bomb to camp with me, and they just got like rubbed and rubbed and rubbed and like soft. And you know what? I love them. I love that I know why they're in the condition they're in. I recently just took them all out and put them in binders. I'm like, yeah, you might need a hobby if I'm your hobby, Dave. All right, let's get into the part that I really wanted to raise up. What is Karud? Look at it. Look at that 83 picture, the bio picture of the circle. It's magnificent. Little Jerry Curl, long, long hair. But really, it's the red headband just cutting into his fro. Low, right across the brow. And then they paired it as if that wasn't delightful enough. His 83 all-star game pairs beautifully with his 83 base because they're sticking out of his helmet, that same red headband. Could have been the same day. Could have been something he wore all the time. But I believe Rod Carew's red headband is a paradigm of magnificence. <laughs> all right, dork. Let's move on. We got, we'll definitely come back to Rodney Klein Carew. I got a great Bill, Bill Lee wrong stuff, Rod Carew story coming up at a later date. All right, batting in the number three spot, American, American League MVP, Cal Ripken Jr., batting fourth, the major leagues leading hitter at the break, Dave Winfield, batting fifth in his 14th and what would be his final. All-Star Game, Reggie, 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 Reggie Jackson batting sixth, the leading vote-getter in the American League, George Brett. Let's run that back just a second. You've got Carew, Ripken, Winfield, Jackson, and George Brett. You've got five consecutive surefire Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Mm. And just after him is catcher in the bat nine in the number six spot. Catcher, eight-time All-Star Lance Parrish, eight All-Star games. You ever think of him? Never. Remember him in Strato, catcher one with a minus three arm, but eight-time All-Star. You didn't think about who was the time you thought about Lance Parrish? Probably not very often. Anyway, batting in the eighth spot, the sixth member of those 84 Detroit Tigers to play in the game center fielder 
Chet Lemon. Quick quiz. What team holds the records for most All-Stars in an All-Star game? Give up. It's the 2001 Seattle Mariners who go 116-46, and 46, lose to the New York Yankees in the ALCS, who go on to lose, of course, to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Hmm. Remember when baseball came back after 9-11? That was really, that was, that was a very meaningful. But uh, also to prove that God has a bit of a sadistic sense of humor, the storybook ending, right? The storybook ending wasn't the Yankees after, after the Twin Towers, after that catastrophe. The storybook ending doesn't belong to the Yankees as, you know, you would write it. It actually belongs to the Arizona Diamondbacks. I just did. God has a sense of humor for sure. And it's kind of a sick one at times. But anyway, let's get back to Chet Lemon. Chet Lemon is a six-time All-Star. That's not true. Chet Lemon is a three-time All-Star. He is drafted in the first round, 1972, by the White Sox, plays 16 years, 75 to 81 with the Sox, and then goes on to play from 82 to 1990 with the Tigers, wins the series, 79, 78, 79, 84. He's an all-star, 55.6 lifetime war, pretty good. But I actually don't want to talk so much about Chet Lemon as I want to talk about his high school football teammate. Ricky Bell. Did you know that Chet Lemon and Ricky Bell played high school football together? Remember who Ricky Bell was? Ricky Bell was the top draft pick in the NFL in 1907. Ricky Bell rushed for 1,875 yards in 1975 for the University of Southern California Trojans, USC, 1,875 yards. One of those great, great USC running backs. Finishes third in the Heisman Trophy that year behind second-time winner Archie Griffin, still the only two-time Heisman winner, and University of California's own Chuck Muncie. Bell comes back, of course, for senior year because that's what they used to do back then. Has a couple of injuries, still has a good year. Finishes second in the Heisman Trophy to Tony Dorsett out of Pitts. Like I said, Bell is drafted in 1977, overall number one pick by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, coached by his college coach, John McKay, who knew Bell, who wanted Bell, who said, I'm going to go for Bell and pass on Dorsett. And I'm not going to lie, Ricky Bell wasn't a superstar. He has one real good year, the year they go to the NFC Championship against the Rams, 1979. I believe they lose 9 to nothing. Rams go on to lose the Super Bowl to the Steelers January 1980. Tragically, Ricky Bell died at age 29 from a really rare heart condition. Never quite know what Ricky Bell could have been. Did you know that in 1991, they made a 
made-for-TV movie to honor Ricky Bell, to remember Ricky Bell, to tell the story of Ricky Bell, and that Ricky Bell was played by Mario Van Peebles. 1991, Triumph of the Heart. The title seems a little heavy-handed to me, i got to be honest with you. Anyway, you can look all that up. Every single word today was true, including this, the batting ninth and warming up in the American League bullpen. AL starter, Dave Steeb. One of my favorite players from the 1980s. You always have that like a little like thing when you're a kid. You have the same name, like Dave Steeb, Dave Casper, tight end for the Raiders. Batting night, Dave Steeb will definitely return to Steve at a later date, but that is going to wrap it up for episode six. Let's meet the visitors, part two, our starting lineups from the AL. What did we do? We cleared up any confusion between George Sparky Anderson and Albert Sparky Lyle. We talked about Joe Altabelli. I'm remembering now that just delightful little dimple in his chin. That's such a weird thing. Why is a dimple in a chin attractive, right? Again, why is a little gap between the teeth kind of sexy? But if it's a big gap in the teeth, you like the female version of Uncle Cletus. I don't know. 1978 Giants. What a great team. We talked about Vita Blue, number 14, comes over in a 7 plus 300 crayon for one trade. Does real well with the Giants, Mr. Vida. Then we got into the starting lineups, Lou Whitaker, Rod Carew, and that magnificent red headband starting off a string of five consecutive Hall of Famers, Rod Carew, Cal Ripken, Dave Winfield, Reggie Jackson, and George Brett. Batting seventh was eight-time All-Star Lance Parrish. Batting eighth, Chet Lemon. Chet Lemon, teammate of Ricky Bell. And then we wrapped it up. Just a little, a little nibble on Dave Steve. He's coming back in a later date. All right. Until we meet again, thanks so much for watching. If you're enjoying, give me a like. Leave a comment. Best of all, tell a friend. And until we meet again, may you enjoy health and long life.